Blog Talk Radio. Ryan, and welcome to the freaking awesome show. I am very happy you're, you could join us tonight, or if you are listening to this in a podcast form at a later date, I'm very happy you downloaded this podcast, so thank you very much for that. Hope everyone had a a good weekend, had a good Sunday, ready for an awesome week um, this, uh, this Tuesday. Uh, Angie, RJ, and I are going to pack up the car. And we are going to head up to uh, Washington for uh, uh, Angie's got a job up there. She's going to be, she's got to do some uh, nursing stuff up there for for a few days. So I want to say, I mean, she's got it's more like a, it's a temporary type thing. It's not like we're moving up to Washington because she, she has a job, but just for a couple of weeks. But 
we're going to go on up there on uh, on Tuesday, and uh, we'll be back on Saturday, and then we're going to stay here for a couple of days, and then pack the truck and go back up there for another three or four days. So um, hopefully uh, there will be there will be any like bad stuff going on up there. Um, you know, if you keep track of the news, uh, it's uh, the potential of there being like uh, like riots and stuff up there. But hopefully that will not happen. Um, I'm you know, it's nice to get away, you know, but uh, I just you know it's it's it, it's it's good it's good money so it is what it is um yeah so this on uh Friday we went out oh speaking of which speak the of devil the, speak of the devil Angie is here talking about our trip to Washington are coming up yes yes it, it, I mean. We got good food there, which is nice. Uh, getting up at four o'clock in the morning Not to uh, three forty-five. Oh, three forty-five in the morning to take Angie to work is not so nice. Having been having to, you know, keep Algie entertained for six hours. Actually, you know what? It wasn't that bad. He was fine. You know, it wasn't as bad as, as I thought it was going to be when at, when Angie was at work. And take them out for walks and stuff, you know. But, anyways, got distracted. Um, Friday night, we went to the cabin on 360. Um, my friend Michael and I decided to do a little bit of investigating uh, for a couple hours. And we, you know, we went for a walk in the woods, and everything seemed fine. And we just, um, you know, nothing out of the ordinary happened. So I'm like, well, let's go into the cabin and do some investigating so i'm like it's like all right so we walk we go in there we break out the periscope which i'm sorry has i can't say well barely works i should say i shouldn't say has never worked but it's barely worked i mean i've barely got any kind of uh interaction or anything usually i cut it on and it just stays blank there's nothing ever happens Unless I touch it or something. So I'm like, well, let's just try it and see what happens. So we go upstairs to the uh, the back room, which uh, we call the black light room, or some people may call it the pink pearl. And uh, I sit in the chair next to the mayor, and Michael's across the room. And I have my, my video recorder going, and I start asking questions and stuff, and, you know, hoping to get some kind of interaction on video and audio. So as we're doing doing the uh, questioning, it's carpeted, and a lot of people go upstairs with with dirty shoes on, so there's a lot of dust and stuff. So you can see a lot of orbs, not orbs, dust, like dirt, uh, floating around and stuff. But if you look, I saw what looked like a glowing, like, blinking ball coming towards me from the hallway. So I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm there, looking down the hallway towards the room. That's the, the loft area. So I see a, like a, like a little orb thing floating down the closet, comes to the camera and then disappears. So I don't know if it disappeared because it wasn't in the, in the light anymore from the flash or what. I mean, it could just be a bug, but I didn't, I don't know. I didn't see any bugs in the house at all. So I don't know what that was. I'll put it on the cabin Facebook page, and hopefully I haven't listened to it actually with my earbuds. This is the sign for earbuds, uh, and but I'll listen to it see if I got any voices. So after we were done with the uh, after we were done with the um, video, I'm like, well, let's just do let's do a necrophonic session, and we'll see if we catch anything. So I'm like. So we sit, we sit down, and uh, we start doing the necrophonic. And um, we ask the usual questions, like, what's your name? You know, how old are you? Blah, blah, blah. 
and you get the normal, you know, you know, barely legible stuff. You sometimes you'll get a word or two, nothing like major. Towards the end, I start getting into uh, like the history of the building. Now there was a rumor. I got to say rumor because I don't know if it's true or not, but there was a rumor that the cabin was was used as a brothel at one point. Um, so I started going out, down that line of questioning. And if people who have been there, who have uh, been upstairs in the back room, they know that they're, you know, it's been mentioned, and we've gotten responses when it's been mentioned. So um, if there was a brothel in the house. And that, no, at the time, excuse me, you know, or at the time I did not hear it. You know, when you listen to Necrophonics, and for, those, for those of you who don't know, Necrophonic is an app you can buy on your phone. And it's, I think, honestly, I think it's like $10 or something. And you, buy it, you put it on your phone. And actually, you know what, I have an explanation of what the Necrophonic actually does right here so people can understand what I'm talking about. Necrophonic is a futuristic application that goes beyond the standard method of interaction. With just plain radio waves, the technology that's being used is similar to the way your phone knows which way you're pointed when you're using GPS or a map application. Almost all modern mobile devices have a gyroscope and the ability to read EMF electromagnetic fields. When the technology is combined, it creates an application layer used in ghost hunting known as instrumental transcommunication, or ITC, where your phone is acting as an energy generation device which surpasses the traditional radio wave by combining the energy created by your device overall through its radio waves, GPS, gyroscope, and the generic or general magnetic field in the area. Furthermore, in the Necrophonic Spirit Box app, instead of depending on random sounds of static to create a word, they instead use a collection of sounds known as an audio bank, which are apparently triggered when the ITC field is altered or changes which result in the energy or entity being able to manipulate the sounds being created to form words that are audible to human ears. So, sorry. I figured me trying to explain that with my own words would make no sense. So I was like, let me just read the explanation I found online. This is actually, uh, I found this, it was called the Horror Vault, horrorfacts.com. I, I put, does the, the microphonic apps actually work? So that's how Necrophonic app works, the science behind it. So I started asking questions uh, about the, the brothel. And I'm like, it was this once a brothel? And um, you hear a voice come through. It says yes. And then a female comes through and says, can you smell my perfume on? So, and that's clear as day. I have it, I have it marked. I have it, like, cut Sliced and stuff on. Um, Angie just ran by. You could see her. I saw her. I saw. I have it spliced. So and it's clear as day. Class A. And then um, another voice comes through and says, "In the other room." So it makes you wonder: Was there a brothel used? Was the other room used as for that purpose? So then I ask because I heard that part in the other room. Then I ask um, if uh, if there's something going on in the other room. So then I hear a female voice saying, "You're oh, I'm naked. Like, like she was almost sing, I think a sing-songy voice. Like, I'm naked, like that. Uh, so I, I don't know. But the thing is, I've captured, the second time I've captured a woman saying I'm naked in the, uh, in that room. So, I mean, come to your, come to your own conclusions about that. Uh, but it's really neat the fact that I was able to get a like an actual answer to my question and a response that had actually had something to do with what I was talking about. We uh, as we were leaving, Michael looked out the window, um, facing the backyard towards towards the woods, and he said he saw what looked like a flash a flashlight in the woods behind the house. So he's like, "That's weird." So we go outside to look for it, and there's nobody there. Fast forward to last night, we had um, 
the uh, the guy that does burning the guy from Burning Daylight Paranormal. He, he's a he's a YouTuber. He goes and films different like abandoned locations and goes films goes different ghost hunts. So he came out to the cabin to do some to to do an investigation spend the night. He told me as he was leaving the house last night that he was super creeped out because he saw someone walking around with like it looks like a flashlight behind the house. Like when I told him that this was, you know, my my friend saw the same thing, and, and I told him where he saw it. He was like, "Oh crap, I saw it the same place." So I don't it. I don't know what is going on with the people with the lights and stuff back there, um, but the fact that we saw. So like he saw the same thing and the and the same thing. He went to go look for it and there wasn't anybody there. So uh so yeah, he had an interesting evening last night and hopefully um we will be able to uh check out his uh his evidence or his findings on YouTube whenever he puts his video up here. So that's what's uh going on in my life. Sorry I went off I went off on a rant there. I uh but you know, it's been a while since I've been out to the to the uh, cabin for investigation. <laughs> that little gray blur you saw going across that that would be on Jay. Well, because you didn't tell me to relax, right? So when I come in, I'm just walking off slow, my big old hair going everywhere. Just got out of putting the bed, putting RJ to sleep, looking I mean, like a homeless look, she's person. She's looking like. Looking horrible. H o w a t. Yeah. How do you know that spell? See now, I'm, people know that you're a liar. No, I can't spell. I can't. Yeah, you're a liar, and you can't spell. Looking hot. Mm. So, anyways, tonight we've got um, Gene Wells on the show, which I'm excited to talk to him. Talk to him tonight. He's a member of Commonwealth Researchers of the Paranormal. And I met him for the first time while actually doing an investigation at his house. So we're going to talk about that. We're talking about his uh, time in the paranormal and, you know, get some, uh, get some insights into uh, how he likes the paranormal. So I'm going to go ahead and put him on the show here. Hey man, how's it going? Good. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing fine. Sorry it took so long to go through my explanation of the events this weekend. Oh, that's fine. That's okay. Uh, sounds like some a uh, little bit of excitement there up at the cabin on uh, Friday night. Uh, I'm curious to hear what uh, this uh, gentleman found last night because uh, I was like uh, on Call of Duty with Dennis. We were playing, mm-hmm. and uh, he says, hey, I just got a text from a guy uh, that was up at the cabin, and uh, he's leaving. It's uh, a little bit too spooky for him. I'm like, I'm anxious to hear what uh, he found, what he saw, what he heard, um, as all of us are from crop, I'm sure, because uh, every, everybody think, that goes to the cabin seems to have a unique experience there. So, uh you know, uh, from first timers to people that have been there going back and forth several times now. So, um, so I'm I'm excited to hear what he had, what he found and what he saw and heard. Well, from what he said in his email, he said he saw um, someone walking around with a light in the in the woods, which we just talked about. And he said when he was in the basement of the rancher, he saw a black mass, um, which isn't huh. uncommon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's all he saw, or but then you get, you know, uh-huh. you, you think about it, you know, being by yourself in a place like that and knowing kind of vibes that the house gives off, and knowing that you don't have a safety net there, someone to help you if you're actually something really happens to you, you know. Yeah, that can be intimidating. Yeah, it's scary. So I, I, I don't know. I don't think I would want to. Stay on the property by myself, or at least in the in the rancher, without knowing there's someone else on the property with me, because of you know, of potential danger. So I can see why he may not want to stick around. Oh yeah, most you definitely, know? most definitely. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the rancher is not to be taken lightly, I will say that. Um, I know I've had my experiences uh, from when we've set up events over there and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dennis, our team leader, told us, you know, told me, he says, hey, can you go over and throw some chem lights in, in, the, in the rancher? I said, sure. And I remember walking in the front door of the rancher and opening the front door up and uh, uh, I I thought someone was in the rancher with me and because uh, I heard a conversation. It's basically pretty much as soon as I walked in the door and I went into Melissa's room and I threw the chem light in there and then I threw it in Randy's room and then I'm, I was like, I said, hello, someone else here? And uh, I still hear a conversation. And I thought it actually, because I think that was the night you were up there, and I think Christian uh, Zwiegel from Pandora's Peregrination was up there and I thought you guys were over there setting something up, some piece of gear up, and I got no response. So I went to the basement and went down there threw a couple of chem lights down there, and then it just stopped. And I was like, okay, what was that? And, of course, I didn't have a reporter going or anything. I didn't think about it at the time. I'm just – I thought you guys were just having a conversation. <laughs> so it definitely will – definitely, is you know, does that, and there's, there's stuff there. So definitely is on it. Yeah, I was over – I went over there. Uh, one night it was, I think Dennis may have been there. I was doing, doing something with Holly on, I think it was her show. And, um, I'd gone over there and we had set up like a fog machine and, uh, the laser grid set up and everything. And there was still like, like residual fog machine had cut off. Laser machine, laser light was still on, but there's still residual fog on the, in the basement. So I'm walking around the base of the brick ranch by myself and uh i'm thinking i'm thinking about i think i'm alone talking to holly all of a sudden to hear a voice behind me saying hello like i'm like oh shit so i didn't <laughs> run out of the house but i tell you what i definitely I was, it was yes yeah, it was a brisk brisk walk power walk up the stairs and out the house so i really can't blame him for leaving the house yeah, yeah. So, 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 what do you want to talk about? I want to get. So, I want to get into back of your back. You were in the military, correct? Yes, sir. U.S. Navy. Thank you very much for your service. We appreciate oh, thank it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. So, Six years, uh, electronics warfare technician. Uh, and uh, went in and right after high school, got out um, in 1994, uh, spent six years in. Uh, you know, they said back then it was join the Navy to see the world. And I saw the world, uh, basically completely sailed around the world on two separate ships. Um, so uh, plus spent time in Pensacola Station, uh, Pensacola, Florida, at Quarry Station. And uh, spent my first duty station was out in Hawaii. Uh, I know hard duty station, Pearl Harbor, uh, on a destroyer. Uh, but we were out at sea quite a bit. You know, did get to enjoy the islands quite a. You know, when we were in port, so mm-hmm. it was nice. Um, and then uh, my last duty station was in Norfolk. Um, I was on uh, I was on the Guadalcanal, which is a helicopter assault carrier, which we would pick up Marines and detach with them. We were part of the Marine detachment, so. Uh, the first ship was a destroyer out in Hawaii, but, uh, you know, uh, got to see action. I was over in the Persian Gulf before uh desert, uh, storm actually happened. I was, we were in the Persian Gulf when Hussein decided, uh, to, he was going to invade Kuwait. Um, we stayed on site. We got extended on site or on station for additional 60 days or so. Um, and then we had to rush and get out of there because we had to get back to Hawaii for a shipyard that was scheduled for our ship. Um, and you don't miss those deadlines because if not, it screws the whole ship's schedule up. So, um, and then uh, Guadalcanal, I saw the Mediterranean. Uh, I was over, um, off, I managed to be, we were the emergency ship to help rescue the guys got taken down by Black Hawk Down in Somalia. We were sitting in Turkey, and they told us to go south and through the Suez Canal, where the big ship just blocked it up. Uh, I've traveled through there. It's very small, narrow channel of water, um, but uh, very cool. Um, so I've seen the world. I've been around it. 
Wow, that is that is incredible. Um, yep. So basic, you know, being in the military, you you, you look at things differently. Like you're more, mm-hmm. you see more analytical about things. You you're, you don't. Yeah, as I, far as like, evidence is concerned. Any, yeah, for I'm very analytical with things. Try to think things through. Um, try, you know, um, the word debunk is so overused now. I just try to, you know, hey, is, could this be something else? Could this be, mm-hmm. you know, a packing car, or, you know, a loud radio going down the street or someone outside the building, whatever, you know, if we're doing an investigation. But, uh, you know, um, I have no unique special abilities or anything like that. Like some of our group members have different uh, abilities, you know, from uh, different things with me being a medium to other things. Um, so, uh, you know, that kind of leaves me on my own to use the equipment to the best of my abilities that, you know, that we have. So, uh, and, and I try to do that to make sure I can uh, help those out that never used it. Um, so, yeah, I try to learn from that. Did you, when you were, like, before you got into like what we we're doing, did you did you watch? Did you were you even like into the paranormal at all? Did you watch the shows or anything? Was that an interest to, to you? Um, yes, I've been I've been interested in the paranormal since I was a kid. Um, I guess uh, growing up, um, one of the things I remember watching on TV was uh, <clears throat> the Sunday night show. I believe it was Sunday night. It may have been Friday night. But it was hosted by Hans, uh, Hans Holzer um, when he would do the original shows on NBC. And I remember watching that as a kid. And, of course, I remember my parents telling me there's no such thing as ghosts. Um, well, Mom, Dad, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, but um, I remember watching that and uh, just, you know, the whole thing, um, you know, are ghosts real or, you know, is Bigfoot real stuff like that. That was big when I was growing up in the early seventies and eighties. It was, you know, um, but I I really fell in love with the paranormal field. And then I started, you know, as I got older, I would watch different shows on it. You know, had an interest in it. And then, of course, everybody knows first ones out. You know, that ever had a syndicated show was Ghost Hunters. And so I watched Jason and those guys and stuff. And I was like, you know, it's pretty cool some of the stuff. And then. You know, then other shows started coming on, and then, um, you know, I have certain ones I like, I would watch and everything, but now that I'm uh, doing it uh, real life, I mean, some of that stuff I can see where, you know, hey, they're putting together an hour-long show with something that took, uh, you know, it would take you days to collect all the evidence that they're getting. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot you know, thought goes into that. So, but, um, I mean, it's always been an interest of mine. Um, and then, of course, as you mentioned, how you first met me was you came out to my house. Um, uh, we moved into this house in 2012, and uh, we're second homeowners. And we started having some, well, I guess it was three months into it, we, I started hearing things in the house. I worked from home during the day. Nobody else was in the house. I would start hearing, I heard voices. Um, I was like, is there a TV on? Did, you know, did our kids leave a TV on? Did leave a radio on? Did, and nothing's on in the house. I'm just working here, and I've got nothing on. But um, I would hear a conversation between a man and a woman pretty much on a consistent daily basis here at the house. Um and it sounded like the way Charlie Brown's school teacher would sound when he was the womp, womp, the womp, womp. You couldn't make out the exact words, mm-hmm. but you could tell there was a difference in conversation between two people or two things. Um, so um, that was the, one of the starts of it. And then I started, um, you know, I got, we had different things happen here. Um, we actually, we didn't have an island in the kitchen. And uh, I think I remember telling you this. Um, we, so me and Debbie, we put to get, bought an island, put it into the kitchen of the house. And uh, I'm sitting there one night. Everybody had gone to bed. I'm in the Lazy Boy. I'm watching TV. And behind me, I hear they put in an island. 
okay, who said that? What? Debbie, you know, I'm, you know, talking, you asked my wife, you know, was that you? And she's sound asleep. The kids are asleep. I'm like, I know what I just heard. <laughs> it was clear as day behind me. And so evidently previous homeowners saw that we put in the island. That's the only thing I can come up with. So, um, and then, uh, of course, our daughter experienced some things here, and we started having unique things happen. So that's when one of our neighbors, um, uh, Robin, she uh, she did, did amateur ghost hunting. She knew Dennis, Eslock, and she says, why don't you call Dennis? He has a team. They'll come out and, you know, can, he'll come out and take a look at your property for you. Well, of course, uh, you know the history from there. You were here the first investigation and what you captured and stuff. So uh, kind of uh, unique, you know, first time out here because, you know, it was neat meeting you and Dennis the first time. And then, um, you know, I just remember the feeling that I got that, uh, you know, you guys came in. There was no judgment whatsoever. You didn't think we were crazy. You didn't think we were stupid or anything else. You just, you listened to what we had to say, regardless of probably how many times you heard it from people and doing paranormal investigations over and over, which was really great of the team. And it meant a lot to us as a family, um, how you guys, you know, reached out to help us. And then, you know, once Dennis got here, you know, things kind of calmed down, you know, we didn't, we didn't, you know, we didn't do anything else or anything. And then it was about, I guess, maybe, maybe a year and a half later. Um, of course, during that time, I started trying to come up, you know, to the cabin to do some of the investigations with you guys. Just trying to, you know, I asked Dennis if I could come up. I asked you, I think. And you guys mm-hmm. extended the invitation for me to come up, which was really cool, um, you know. And never having, you know, seen this stuff on TV, but never been a part of something like that, which was really neat. So, um, I guess, um, you know, once the second incident happened here where our daughter uh, got struck by something um, physically, um, that's when you guys came out. Dennis did a cleansing of the house. You caught some unique stuff that really just kind of made my skin crawl. I can't remember exactly what it said. I think you asked a question on the recorder is uh, who is here or something. And I think your the response you got was darkness or something. I asked, why are you, I asked, why are you here? And the voice came back in the darkness. Right. So, that's cr- that that's, crazy. you know, you were like, I think it even kind of freaked you out for a little bit. And then I'm sitting there looking yeah. at you like, I think the words out of my mouth where I told Dennis to get it the F out of here, whatever it was, get it out of here. <laughs> So um, that was, um, you know, that was a unique take. And, then, of course, you guys, uh, or he blessed the house and everything. And there was other things that we, then I was with you in the basement. We did some other investigating, caught a couple of EVPs down there. And then I remember both of us in the bathroom downstairs in the basement here at our house, we both started having stomach pains from something messing with us. And I, I know you remember mm-hmm. that because I remember it. And you were asking, was that you? And then we got the yes back on the recording or we got an answer back to it so uh that was unique so um that was, but, uh, that was interesting that was interesting because we both experienced at the same time we both had those stomach pains yep. and we actually got an affirmation like uh response yep. so that was that yep. was really cool you know besides just yeah. like the whole pain thing but you know we got over oh, it yeah. so yeah. So, but um, that was, you know, and then, you know, from there, like I said, um, Dennis and you and yourself and the rest of the crop, as you know, invited me to join the team. Um, I started doing investigations with you guys, and um, of course, I graciously accepted that, you know, invitation because I felt that part of something to give back to you guys for what you did for us as a family here. And not only that, but to give to other families so they can know what we actually do in this uh, field, what we what we try to do. We try to help out. And um, that just says a lot, 
you know, it's got a comforting factor to it. Yeah, I think when people come to us for help, we are the last, like, resort type of thing. Like, we've tried everything else. We don't know what else to do. You're going to think we're crazy, but this is, this, this, mm-hmm. this is what's going on. You know, could you please help us? So right. I think a lot of people look at, like, oh, they're going to think I'm crazy. We're, you know, we're going to you – know, honestly, if, if we go around people thinking people – that talk to, talk to us about ghosts are crazy, then we're in, we're in the wrong business. <laughs> right. And that's right. kind of what we do. No doubt. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the other interesting things that got pointed out to us is uh, from Crop that I'll, post, that I'll say is that you guys, um, of course, this was before I joined the team, you really try to do your best to research the history of the area, the land, the house, um, and you do your you do your part. Each team member does their part. They do the research, and which makes it great because we had no idea about the research that was done on this. Um, and I know I believe it was Terry and Melissa, um, members of our team. Dennis had um, passed them with that, and they came up with some unique information on this property that we're part of, um, which not a lot of people know about this. But um, uh, Edmund Ruffin who was famous for the Civil War, who allegedly fired the first shot of the Civil War at Fort Sumter, which set the powder keg off for what we know as the war between the states. Um, he lives, his, his home is exactly two miles down the street from me. Um, he has two, there was two homes. One was upper and one was lower, Marlborn, M-A-R-L-B-O-U-R-N-E. And... Mm-hmm. Um, his daughter lived in one side, one side of 360, and he lived in the other side. And um, they actually did their research and talked to one of the descendants about it and everything. But come to find out, we were part. This whole land, this, where we're, our house is at, um, is part of what they known as Ruffin Acres back then, or Ruffin's Bloody Acres, or something like that. It gave got nicknames because there was some localized fighting from the Civil War here. Um, we're about three quarters of a mile from Lenny's Court battle that happened right off of Studley Road. Um, we are about we sit about three and a quarter miles, maybe three and a half miles from the cabin. So we're close to the Battle of uh, Bethesda Church. Um, but all those troops came across this land going towards Cold Harbor to fight. Um, and uh, you know it's uh, so this this whole land has, you know, as they say, as we know about the land up by the cabin, you know, if there's fighting on it, all that blood-soaked soil and the spirits left behind of those that tragically lost their lives, you know, that stays behind and leaves an image on the land, and we all know that, and we've all experienced it. So, um, you know, it's unique, this area here. Um, so, um but that was a unique piece of history. We did not know about this house before we moved in here. And like I said, we were the second homeowners. Um, and uh, the, no one that we knew of passed away in the house here that we were aware of. Everybody passed away at the hospital that succumbed mm-hmm. to death here from uh, the cancer. Two people, the husband and wife both had cancer. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was kind of interesting finding out that history. And uh, that's one thing I can give my hats off to crop for providing. That was unique for us. Yeah, you never want to go. You definitely want to do your research when you go into a location because you want to make sure you have every explanation. So then, when something happens that's not explainable, you can say, "Hey, look, I've you know we've done everything. We've done the research. We can't explain what, why this is happening." Um, it gives us, gives you more credibility when it comes to your evidence. Yep. Yep. You know? but, um, so you know, uh, you, know ahead, you were talking about you were, you say you were talking about the uh, you, the history of your land. Um, when we came out there, I believe you mm-hmm. took Dennis and your daughter out to the woods behind your house, and some stuff happened out there. Um, would you care to, ex- yeah. to ex- expand on that? Sure. So, um, 
So Dennis decided, you know, said, hey, I'm going to, you know, can we go outside and go through the pines? I said, sure. And uh, we have a pine tree farm. So um, they're laid out in rows. Um, the previous homeowner did that. Um, so we start walking through the pines, and um, we get about halfway down, and, you know, Dennis just stops dead in his tracks, and I'm like, oh, okay. And, uh, you know, he's like, did you see that right down there? Uh, there's a soldier sitting by that tree down there. And I was like, no, I can't see him. But Dennis could see him, and our daughter, she has some unique abilities. She could see him as well. Well, the very next thing I know, Dennis and Courtney, there goes my daughter's name, but anyway, uh, Dennis and her start feeling uh, grief, sadness. They both... Almost they're kind of choked. Dennis is kind of choking up, almost get a tear to his eye and stuff over this. Um, like he's feeling the pain or agony of what, whatever went on there. And Courtney was the same way. I'm standing there behind them, and I'm like, fine. And then all of a sudden, I get this sharp, excruciating pain from my, from my back up through my rib cage up to, like, my top left shoulder. And, I mean, it went from, like, lower back and up. And I, I mean, it was double double overtight pain. I mean, it, it was, I was, like, gasping for air. I was like, what in the heck just got me? And uh, Dennis goes, take, take a deep breath and tell it to back off. And he says, you just got bayoneted. I said, what? You just got, like, bayoneted by a soldier? Oh, uh, Huh? I was like, this pain, and so I just immediately said, tell it to back off, and I start saying the Lord's Prayer under my under my voice, and finally it goes away. But I mean, that was a very unique feeling that I got that happened on my own property that hasn't happened since then. But I mean, that was unique that night, and I don't know if it was because uh, you know spirits are attracted to Dennis or what, but. Uh, you know, it definitely got me that night. That was a unique thing that happened. I love how matter of fact he is about it. Oh, you just got banned like it's like an everyday thing. Like, you know, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks. All right. Well, then. I'm glad I could have the pain. Thank you. <laughs> <So>. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yep. So, have you had any more experiences outside, like in the yard, or if you heard anything like like weird in you know in your backyard? Um, I, myself, not so much as my wife. She's been outside a couple times during the day. Um, we'll walk around the property and take hikes and walks and stuff like that and everything because we have six and a half acres. Um, but um, she would take a walk. And next thing you know, she would be by, she's by herself and there's no breeze blowing whatsoever. This is during the middle of the day and she would feel like a gust of air come rushing by her, like something was rushing up on her. And she turns to think that maybe there's an animal coming towards me. Um, you know, maybe it's a dog, maybe it's, you know, some sort of other animal. Um, but there's nothing there and it would just go like rushing by her. And, um, I've had some other people have that experience out here too, but I've never experienced it. But, you know, um, I definitely believe there is stuff here. And we have had, I did have a little cookout here for the crop team over the summer. Um, and we did some investigation out there and we got a few things, but nothing super major. We got a few hits on the K2s and, um, we caught a couple small EVPs, um, but uh, rather interesting feel. I don't think it's as heavily active as the cabin woods, but, I mean, there's definitely mm-hmm. some activity here. So do you think do you think when, when you know, Dennis did his blessing and the stuff in the house, do you think that affected the, the spirits on the outside, or do you think, do you think um, oh, it didn't want sure. to do with the other? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure by him yeah. sealing it off and protecting the boundaries of the house, and uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they're still here. They're just outside because they're not, you're not allowed to come inside. Um, 
Yeah. So I know they're here, you know. Um, and most recently, <laughs> I know I've had I've had a couple I've had a couple instances where this has happened, and I didn't bring this up earlier, but I know early on one of the instances I had um, that also brought you guys out to do the blessings was in the middle of the night. I woke up to something sitting on top of me, and it wasn't a family member, it wasn't a pet. I literally felt the pressure of it pushing down on me in bed, like sitting down on top of me, um, which was really weird. And, um, you know, and I came up, you know, me being former military, I come up like, what the heck? And I'm ready to go to mm-hmm. battle. What's, who's here? What's here? What's what's going on? And um, there's no nothing there, nobody there. Um and then um, most recently, it has happened again. Um, but this time, when I woke, opened my eyes up. Um, of course, I wear glasses. I can't see without them. But in on top of me in the bed, something again, once again, was sitting down, sitting on me. It wasn't anybody, any family member. wasn't my wife. wasn't a cat. wasn't a dog. But this time, it was red. In color, it was like a red haze fog over top of me, and then it, as I, I sleep with a CPAP machine on. As I take my mask off and I turn my head back around, it's gone. And I was about ready to fight that night. <laughs> um, I don't know what it was, but um, you know, I, I think we've got something that's trying to come back in or trying to show its face. I don't think anything's malicious or in you know mean any harm, but I think it just wants to show itself or try to say hello or something. But why does it go after me? I don't know. Um, I have no idea why. Um, but I've had that, and I've also heard voices recently, but not inside the house, outside the house, in the middle of the day, and... No, I was the only one here because my wife was out of town at work. My daughter was out at out of her work during the daytime, so it's just me and the two dogs, and there's nothing else. And I actually heard it outside our bathroom hall bathroom window, and I thought it was my wife and my daughter coming back home, and they were trying to sneak something into the basement, you know, because I heard a conversation with two women outside the the window. And there's nobody there. There, there's nobody there. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. You talk about the the the, the um the thing sitting on your stomach. So do you, do you have you has there been any more any more like has it escalated at all or has it just been like that and it's and like you said someone just letting you know they're still here. Do you, do you feel like maybe it might become more, or do you do you think it's just that? At, at at this moment, everything is peaceful in the house. I think it's just them saying, hey, I'm still here, um, mm. you know, so to say, you know. So you have, you have a roommate, so to speak. Yeah. Just kind of chilling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll mess yeah, with you to mess like, with me. Okay. Kind of <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, go on. You can leave. <laughs> so. <laughs> so when you go on investigations, what what's what do you like to use? What's your favorite piece of equipment they use when we go on investigations? Um, I think one of my favorite pieces is the REM pod. Um, I like the REM pod. I like the 360 periscope. Um, those couple pieces – because that really puts uh, helps solidify, especially if you're running a recorder. Uh, you get something that really helps solidify, especially if it happens near that recorder um, that you're running, and you get something on it to disrupt either the magnetic or the uh, field or the. Um, uh, uh, I'm losing my static energy, any of that, mm-hmm. you get the, you know, you get some sort of uh, evidence off of that to help, you know, solidify your 
recordings, which is cool. And, you know, I, I'm really a fan of it now after our most recent investigation up at the Octagon house where, uh, Dennis and myself and, um, uh, Crystal from crop, we went up to help lost souls paranormal with a public investigation. And, uh, it was really cool. Um, we were in, and this is the first time ever. And I think it was the first time ever Dennis has ever seen this, um, where we were, he was asking direct questions and getting direct answers and responses back between three, two K two meters, two REM pods, and a periscope, all at the exact same time. Five pieces of gear going off at the exact same time. Yeah, that never happens. Yeah, and like you said earlier. How many times have you gone in and the Periscope or 360? It never works. You don't get anything. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the REM pod may or may not work. Um, you don't get anything. But to have five pieces of gear all go off simultaneously to direct answers and responses to questions that we were asking, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. You know, so... Um, so, yeah, I've really become a fan of those. Um, there's some other pieces of gear out there that are that are there, but, um, um, you know, but those are kind of the, the ones. I, I think those are the, the best ones to give you the best baseline readings and stuff that you can use to help with your investigations right now. You know, um, that, that's what I like to go to. Well, we are getting close to the end of the time tonight, but I have one question, or apparently it's the only question I'm going to ask tonight. Cause hey, I told you. The caller, like, has been so good. It, tonight would have been a good night that I could have, like, just let RJ chill and, you know, lay, lay in you bed with him. Puzzle, so, but, you know, there's that. <laughs> but um, I am going to ask one question because it's my favorite. What is your par- on your paranormal bucket list? What are, like, top three places now that you're into the paranormal that you just you really want to get to and investigate anywhere in the world no limits well the one of the number one places i have on my bucket list um and i know this is going to people when you saying what where's that one come from is uh bacon's castle in surrey county um my grandmother grew up there as a child uh, my great great or my great grandfather was a sharecropper for the original Warren family who farmed that land um, in the 19 early 1900s. And everybody knows the history of Bacon's Castle. It's allegedly haunted. It's you know different things have been seen there and everything. But being that that's so closely related to my family, that's one of the number one ones I want to get in and do. Um, the second one is St. Albans, which um, may be coming up soon. I'm not sure on that, but uh, uh, maybe be, may be able to get that one uh, checked off. Um, That's the a great other one, one mm-hmm. I want to do is go – ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry, Brian. She said that's a great one, uh, St. Albans. Yep. It's, it's very um, and, awesome location. Yep. And then the, I would say the third one – um, is Moundsville up in West Virginia. Um, after hearing so many teams go there and all the experiences that they've had, that would be my number three on the list to go do. Nice list. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never been to Bacon's Castle. I've never been to Moundsville. So, you know, that's two places I'd love to go to as well. Of course, I'd always go to St. Albans. Yeah. If, if someone offers it to me, so yeah, uh, yeah, you definitely have some have some good good ones on there. So uh, we're getting close to the end of our our time here tonight. Um, I got a couple more quick questions. First, when what is your favorite thing about being a part of the paranormal? Um. Well, being able to help, being able to help families um, and be part of something um, to help determine whether or not there is something there or there isn't something there um, to help them, you know, help them out. That's that's the biggest part of me wanting to give back um, to those that are in need in this um, 
are having things happen. That's that's one of my biggest things. And what's your favorite piece of like paranormal evidence that's happened to you? Besides, you know, your house. Well, it could be your house, I guess. <laughs> uh, my favorite piece of paranormal evidence, um, I would have to say, is something that I captured on a recording, uh, EVP, at um, Pamplin, which is we're doing our overnight in June. Yay, June 19th. Looking Ooh. forward to that. That's going to be fun, 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 fun. Um, but in the main museum, captured a piece of that evidence that uh, really rocked my world um, because it was something that kept happening. And I I kept getting shushed on the recorder as I was talking and asking questions. Hmm. And there was nobody in the room shushing. That one I want to go back and see if I can get some more responses out of. That was very unique. Um, Pamplin is active. It is a crazy, crazy active place. Um, It's off the charts. That's the best way I can describe it. Um, The amount of information and evidence that we've captured there as a team, it's huge. Um, And it's a big area to cover. (laughs) 400 plus acres it's huge you got to have your walking shoes on but uh i mean yeah, it's been definitely. awesome being part of that it's an awesome location and we're very lucky to be able to go out there and investigate it and like you said it's a big yep. a big location that just means there are more spirits out there so um yep but that piece of evidence is pretty awesome before i go um uh i know you're wrapping up the show but um I've got a couple people I want to thank uh, for, one, getting me into this and let me become part of this team. One is the whole uh, crop paranormal team. Um, you guys mm-hmm. have been like a second family, open arms, welcome me in. Uh, may, it, it's, it's great to be accepted um, in that area um, and be part of something. Uh, love it. Um, the other is uh, Dennis Eflock. Um Dennis is a great friend. And he is somebody I know I can call on if I ever need anything, as well as you, Ryan. Um, but, uh, you know, I would thank him personally for, you know, letting me become uh, part of his team. Um, you know, I, I give thanks where thanks are due. So I appreciate everything. And, you know, um, thank you guys for allowing me to be part of this. Well, you know, we appreciate you coming on and joining us and helping us out and stuff. Um, we've got – actually have an event coming up on the 15th out at the cabin. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll be doing – we'll be out there again. Looking forward oh, to yeah. it. Looking forward to hanging out with you again soon. And, uh, again, thank you so much for coming on and joining us tonight. I'm glad we could have this conversation. And, uh, and I guess, like I said, thank you so much. And tell everyone over your place we said hi, and hope to see them again soon. Will do. Yep. All right, well, brother. You, you take to, care of you yourself. Thank you, Ange, for having me on the freaking awesome show, and it's been freaking awesome. Yeah, um, thanks. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Have a good night. Take care, guys. Bye. Have a good night. All right. Good night. That was That was fun. I enjoyed that comment. I'm glad we were able to have Gene on the show with us tonight. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, I've been meaning to have him on for a while now, so I'm super excited for that. Um, don't forget, next we have um, Howie and Kat coming at you on the Orion Effect on our sister network, the Rift Radio Network. We had Howie on last week. That was a lot of fun. Next week, next week, next week, next week. Next what week. Next week. It'll be Supernatural News because we're going to Washington, and and she has to work on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to stink. At 4 o'clock in the morning, and then I've got to go to work at Pizza Hut Saturday night. So I'm making it Supernatural News just in case we don't feel up doing a show. If that's that's the case, then the next show will be May 2nd, and we'll have Southern Souls Paranormal coming on the show with us. So 
we'll let you know if we decide to do a show next week. But it'll be a Supernatural News show. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. We really appreciate you guys watching us. And whoever, like I said, if you listen to this on the podcast later on, thank you again. We Again, you know, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show and everything. And uh, please check out Howie and Kat next. And um, check out all the great shows on the Vibrator Network. The Haunts of Richmond. We've got Heart Spiels, uh, Night Visions, uh, Underground Goes Ghost. I mean, so many different shows. and All the shows. All the shows. Um, so we're going to let you go. And uh hope you guys have a great night. And we will talk to you soon. We'll be back here. Same freaking awesome time. Same freaking awesome channel. That's right.